everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's December 2nd. Of course, if you're new, welcome. If not, you know Wednesdays is NFL Breakdown Time, First Look Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, 11 games, week 13. Week 13 already. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing just fine and dandy. It's a great-looking slate. I think there's a lot of spots that people are just going to overreact to last week. We don't have a ton of massive totals. I think we only have one team over a 30 implied team total and we only have a few teams over 25. So it's actually a pretty interesting little slate here. I've been diving into it all day and I'm excited to break it down with my buddy Stevie. Yeah. Like, so I always kind of look at NFL um, like Tuesday and, um, you know, kind of start looking at preparing, preparing like the week. And then like, I really start digging in on Wednesday and there's a few spots that are interesting on this slate that, you know, we'll get to as we're going through here. But, um, it's one of those weeks where, <laughs> you, you know, are you going to trust a new England running back in this situation? Nope. Um, you know, so like they have one of the better spots on the board. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see. Uh, but we get started here, week 13, Saints, Falcons, 46 total, Saints favored by three in this game. Uh, what do you like here for the Saints? So it's an interesting spot here for the Saints. Like, I think some people are going to overreact to last week. Taysom Hill, like, they had a very specific plan in place last week, which is they knew they were going up against Hinton. They knew that they weren't going to be able to get much done on offense. So they just ran the ball with Murray, and it was an easy game. So I don't think that's going to happen again. I think people are going to overreact a little bit. Michael Thomas sitting there at 7K only had six targets last week, but I'm really not buying into that. We look at Taysom Hill's pass attempts last week, and he only had 16 granules. I had 23 the week before, but it was it was a specific run-heavy spot. Now they're going up against the Falcons. The Falcons have been a lot better than people realize. Their defense is better versus the rush. I think that Taysom Hill is going to throw the ball around a little bit more. It's only a three-point spread. I like Michael Thomas here. Like I like Michael Thomas at 10K or 7K. I think he's going to come close to 12, 13 targets in this spot, and I think he has a decent shot at a touchdown. Taysom Hill's pretty much just taking the rushing touchdowns every single time so i like him i don't mind kamara but uh like yeah it's it's not a horrible spot to do a little Taysom hill michael thomas stack and hope that Taysom hill rushes in a touchdown to Tyke thomas which i mean have we ever seen Taysom hill throw a passing touchdown no so there's a first time for everything they just played like the first game that like Drew Brees was out, like Taysom Hill played against Atlanta and put up 25 fantasy points with two rushing touchdowns, a lot of difference in price from then till now. Um, he's in play for me. Just like his rushing upside makes him more interesting. And like last week, they didn't really need him to run and he still had 10 attempts. So uh, I think like if you're, Looking at Taysom Hill, you're just kind of playing him for his like his rushing ability, his rushing upside. I don't mind pairing him with Michael Thomas, but it's more because Michael Thomas is 7K. Um, Taysom Hill's first start, Michael Thomas had 12 targets. Like this, that game against Denver is a straight cross off for me. I'm not even looking at that game, Grant, because it was just how fast can we get this game over with? That that's how Denver approached it. Like so. Um, 
I'm not looking at that one. I do like the Saints defense here as well. I think they're a little interesting. Ryan throwing the ball around. I'm off of Alvin Kamara right now. Until Drew Brees comes back and Taysom Hill's not starting quarterback, um, I, I think Kamara is a guy that I'm going to probably pass on. I do think his price is a little interesting at 7K, but I think it's Taysom Hill. It's Michael Thomas. Uh, what do you like here on the Falcons? Assuming that Julio's back this week. Uh, if Julio's back, I don't mind Ridley. I don't mind Julio. Like it's it's a tough matchup here, and I mean Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. He can put up a boatload of yards, but not getting the rushing upside. I'm just kind of off of him. He's ha- hasn't had too many outbursts this season, so it, it's strictly Julio or Ridley for me. Um, I'm really trusting the running game, even if Gurley does come back. Like Saints are second DVOA defense so far this year. They've been good. I, they only have a 21 implied team total. So Ridley or Julio just based on volume is not the worst idea in the world. But outside of that, I'm just kind of off everyone. Yeah, like I'm kind of with you. Um, uh, you know, assuming that Julio's back, assuming that Todd Gurley's back, I think this is going to be a spot that like I don't love Atlanta. I will say like if Todd Gurley plays – He's not the worst play of 5,300. Um, but overall, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna probably stay away from this Atlanta offense outside of like Julio. Julio's 6,600. Um, if he plays, like just he, he's gonna be a higher own guy for me. He's just too cheap. Like, yeah, he always gets us one time during the year. Every just, year, like clockwork. <laughs> it's just too cheap, man. This is like the second time this year he's been too cheap. Um, Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, 42 total Miami favored by 11 and a half in this game. This game opened at like 11 and like Miami is trending so much already. That's a half a point, um, on a Wednesday. So is there anything here on the Cincinnati Bengals side that you even want to remotely think about playing? I mean, I'm not going to argue with Boyd or Higgins at their price tag, but that's, that's really it. Like. It, it's not a good spot. Miami defense has been pretty good so far this season. Top 10 in terms of pass defense, but it's strictly the price tag and the potential volume. If they're coming from behind on Boyd and on Higgins, either one of them can put up a decent outing. But outside of that, like I'm not, I'm not playing Bernard, like even up against the run funnel, I don't see the game going, uh, being very close. So that's it's, it's a cross off here for Cincinnati outside of a few one offs at the wide receiver. Yeah, I don't think I could play a Geo in this spot either. I'm kind of with you. Um, like Boyd's okay. Um, I, he's under 5K. He has the upside. If you want to punt tight end, Drew Sample had five targets last week with Brandon Allen at quarterback. Um, Brandon Allen's going to be facing some pressure in this game from Miami. So, like, if you want to take a shot, Miami has allowed uh, the. 11th most fantasy points to tight ends over the last month. So I don't hate Drew Sample as like a punt tight end, but more than likely not going to play him. On the Miami side, obviously, um, I like the Miami defense in this one. We're going to have to kind of wait and see what happens with the running back situation. Um, Gaskin could be back. Ahmed could be back. If Fitzpatrick plays, Parker gets a huge increase, in my opinion. Um, 14 targets last week with Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Three for Hollins, two for Grant. Like, he just – that's what he does. Fitzpatrick throws the ball to Parker and the tight ends. Um, You know, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Miami? Uh, Yeah, so if if Gaskins ends up playing, I I, I like him. Um, We all saw what he was doing prior to 
getting injured. We know that Miami's going to run the ball a decent amount, and they should kind of stick with one guy pretty much the entire game. If he's out and Ahmed's in, you can roll with him. Like, he'll get a decent workload. But, the like, if Tua comes back, I'm, I'm just off this Miami pass offense entirely. If Tua isn't back, then, yeah, Fitzpatrick, Gasecki, Parker – all fantastic plays as they are every single week. Grant's still priced there at 3.5K. I know he didn't get a ton of work last week, but still a cheap punt wide receiver. But it, it's Parker and Gasecki. Like Parker got 14 targets last week. He didn't end up with a touchdown, and that's what kept him from being a just massive play. But he can absolutely get a touchdown, a touchdown or two. Like we saw his upside last year. He's got four touchdowns on the season with Fitzmagic behind center. Like he can absolutely go off for a big game and Gasecki finally got into the end zone last week, which is sad because it's one of the first times I didn't really play him too much. But, yeah, that, that that's where it's at. And if two is out, then I'm just full-on fading the entire pass offense and just rolling with Gaskin. Um, Yeah, that's kind of it. Miami defense um, is in a great spot. They're so expensive, though, man. 4400 for a defense is just – it's a lot to – like, if you, if you end up on them, I don't hate it. But, like, I'm not going to prioritize them at that price. Um, yeah, you don't really need to pay that price tag unless it's the Saints last week. <laughs> well, like, even the Saints last week. Like, how many times did they throw the ball? Like, 9, 11? Like, even last week, I wouldn't have prioritized the Saints. Like, the the upside, the ceiling from, like, you the interceptions and sacks weren't just weren't going to be there. I don't know. Well, I, um, I was uh, – the I think they dropped two interceptions, like – you ever I did, he threw two and like they dropped it. I, I know that I'm just saying like, it's just you're paying. They were some ridiculous amount. Like we talked about this on the like review show. Like if you ended up on the saints defense, that was fine. But like prioritizing them over like some of the utility players or position players. I just, I, I don't know if I could have done it. I didn't do it. Grant. I didn't do I it. I mean, the main thing was there was enough value. So it made a perfect, perfect kamikaze of, trash that ended up making me lose money. I had like 60% Henry and I still lost money. <laughs> oh man. Like even this week, like we're going to talk about like the green Bay defense way later in the podcast. Like um, f- with Carson Wentz, like throwing in like as bad as he is, like they're $600 cheaper than the Dolphins defense. Like I would prioritize the Packers defense and as crappy as they are before I'd play the Dolphins defense. Yeah. So and there's some cheap defenses too. So, uh, Jaguars, Vikings, fifty-two total. Minnesota nine and a half uh, favorites in this one. Let's start with the Jags. Mike Glennon announced this morning that um, going to be the starter again this week. Obviously, what we're gonna have to wait and see on like DJ Chark and those guys if they're gonna be back. Um, is there anything that's standing out to you here for Jacksonville? I mean Robinson. Robinson has price tag of 7.3 with the workload that he's getting his past game production, his potential touchdown upside. Like the, the Vikings defense is not, is not great. Like they've been kind of worse in recent weeks. The start off season bad, got better and then got worse. Uh, but they're not great against the rush. Like with Glennon under QB, they're probably going to rely on the run game a decent amount. He's getting 20 touches a week and he's, he's a real workhorse back. And we know that, Miami or Minnesota can give up a massive amount of points to opposing running backs. So Robinson, no matter what, is a fantastic play. Um, the passing game, it's a little bit more up in the air. Um, Colin Johnson came out of nowhere and just 
crush my hopes and dreams because I had a lot of Chenault and Keelan Cole. If Chark ends up coming back, if Conley ends up coming back, then it makes it a little bit more muddy. But uh, if both of them are out again, like I'll, I'll go right back to the well. Like Jaguars don't have a huge implied total, but Mike Lennon saying they're at 4.8K. Still put up 18 points last week against a kind of similar matchup. Um, I'm willing to play him in tournaments, stack him with Cole and Chenault or Cole and Colin Johnson or Chenault and Colin Johnson. Like you're just getting such a huge price savings on those guys for a double stack and being able to bring it back with Cook is just a huge, huge benefit. So you have your full-on game stack ready to go and you're getting cooking and you're not using a ton of money and Cook's going up against a terrible defense. So if Chark's back, I'm just kind of out on this passing situation for the most part. But if Chark isn't back, then I think that there is some value to be had here. And they're like, people are going to remember that Cole didn't do a ton last weekend and Chenault didn't do a ton last weekend, but I could see them easily putting up a big game this week. So if um if Chark is out, do you do you roll the dice on Colin Johnson? I'm I'm basically like what let's say I have ten percent uh ten percent Glennon. I'm gonna probably roll with like six percent Colin Johnson, six percent Chanel, six percent Keelan Cole, or so yeah, something like that, where it ends up being about evenly split between those three because I'm not I'm not playing the guessing game any one of them go off Chanel can get like eight nine receptions Cole can go off for a 50-yard touchdown and Colin Johnson may be just in love with Mike Lennon and they they are have great chemistry I don't know it's a one-week sample size but I'm not going to overlook a game where Colin Johnson got eight targets and because wide receiver is so just up in the air when a new quarterback comes in. You have the guys that it's pretty much a guarantee that he's going to be throwing the ball to them, like McLaurin. Then you guys got guys like Jamison Crowder, where when Flacco's at the helm, doesn't really fit his game style, wants to do more downfield passing. But if Sam Darnold's in, then Crowder's going to get 13 targets like clockwork. So chemistry is a big thing with wide receivers if you don't have a star one. And so I have to take some shots on Colin Johnson and even – Tyler Eifert um, at 3K, like he got four targets last week. He can be a touchdown guy. So tight end, never a great position. So Eifert's in play too. But this is all kind of dependent on Chark not playing because if Chark plays, I think that we'd probably see Glennon zero in on it because we saw it with with Minshew. We saw it with Foles. We saw it with uh, – there was another guy in there. Why don't I remember his name? It's mostly irrelevant. Yeah, I can't think of – Luton. Luton. Yeah, yeah, Luton. Yeah, that's how much of an impact he made on us. Um, <laughs> just, just, yeah, just keeping it real. Um, yeah, so, like, overall in this one, like, I just wanted to pound it home one more time. Like, James Robinson's in a great spot here. Like, yeah. just, you know, just wanted to point that out, like, one more time and just, hey, like, this is a, it's a really good spot. Um for James Robinson. And then on the other side of things, like I know Dalvin cook busted last week. We go right back to the well on him in this spot. Um, this is a, another great spot for him. I do worry a little bit about them already coming out and saying they kind of want to keep him fresh down the stretch. Um, Jacksonville, their defense stinks. They're 32nd and overall DVOA. They're 31st against the pass. They're 26 against the run. Thielen should be back. 
Um, this is a great spot to attack the Minnesota offense. Yep, 30 implied team total. We know where their offense is at. It's Thielen, it's Cook, it's Jefferson. So you play Thielen, Cook, Jefferson, sometimes only one of them in every lineup, sometimes two, sometimes full on stack it. Um, it it's just the, the total's so high and their offense is so condensed that you've got to think about using them quite a bit. Yep. Like Thielen, Jefferson, Cook, Irv Smith, if he comes back, um, I'll probably stay away from the tight end situation just in general here, but love the passing game. Um, love Dalvin Cook. I think this is a great spot for him, and they should crush Jacksonville in this one. Uh, Raiders and Jets, 47 total. Raiders uh, favored by 7.5 in this game. Uh, bounce box, bounce back spot for the Raiders. Um, what do you like here for Vegas? Uh, I really like Vegas in this spot here. They're going up against the Worst pass defense in the league coming off a game where they looked horrible, just absolutely horrible. Is anyone going to be on the Raiders and they have a 27 implied team total again? I don't think anyone's going to be on them. I think people will be on Waller and Jacobs, um, assuming Jacobs plays. Yeah, no, like it's just such an interesting spot. We've seen them put up big fantasy outings multiple times like not as much car but he's going up against the worst pass defense in the league Aguiar has been fantastic this season for no apparent reason and he still got six targets last week like they just looked out of sorts last week they just weren't playing well now they get a matchup versus the Jets at probably low ownership I'm going right back to the well because this is essentially the same spot last week only better and they're going to come in at lower ownership. Yeah, I know that they just crushed my soul last week. But Aguilar, Waller, Carr, Jacobs if he plays. If not, Booker is a fantastic play. Like, if they – the Jets have the eighth-ranked rush defense in terms of DVOA. They have a good rush defense. So you have to assume that they're probably going to be slinging the ball. I mean, Gruden's a smart enough court or smart enough coach where he's going to prep – based on the matchup and yes, he'll still run the ball a decent amount, but we could see them sling the ball all game long. And I, I, I just don't see a lot of people playing them because it was such a letdown and maybe I don't want to play as much car, but Aguilar and Waller are fantastic plays. Yeah. And like, this could be a spot. Henry Ruggs like has two long catches and one of them's a touchdown and he has a big game too. So, um, I'm with you. I, I like the Vegas side of this game. I think they're – and I don't love the running game. Like, Jacobs is banged up, dealing with an ankle injury. Um, so, like, this is a spot that it's Carr, it's Aguilar, it's Ruggs, it's Waller. Um, I, I, I don't hate Derek Carr here. 5,800 going up against the Jets. Like, we loaded up on Ryan Fitzpatrick at 5,500 going up against the Jets last week. Like, why aren't we talking more about Derek Carr this week already? So – um, and then on the Jets side of things, like we have some runbacks. Like Sam Darnold, he didn't target Crowder as much as I thought he was going to. Like he went to Mims and Perryman um, a lot more than I expected in general. So I, I think like when you're looking at this, Perryman's 3,900, Mims is 4,100. We have runback options, Grant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't mind any of them. Yeah. Perryman had eight targets, Mims had eight targets. Crowder didn't get locked onto as much as I had hoped, but it was a tough matchup. 
and they just didn't put up points. Like this is more, this is a more favorable matchup. Like Raiders are middle of the pack in terms of past DVOA. They give up a lot of points to opposing wide receivers. So I don't mind any of them. And Perriman, just look at his target totals, eight, six, four, and seven. Like for a 3.9K guy who has some downfield effectiveness, that, that just doesn't make – he's had double-digit points in three straight weeks and over 20 points in one of those matchups. Mims is talented in eight targets in the last three weeks, and he's only 4.1K. Like, stacking up this game is not a bad idea, especially, like, if you're going to do a little bit of a secondary stack. Um, don't play the quarterbacks and just roll with a few of the wide receivers in your lineups. It's not the worst idea in the world. I think that this could be a much higher scoring game than John. It's currently at a 46 or 47 in pl- or total in this game. I think that could go over here. Everyone's going to overreact a little bit to these teams putting up like single digit outings last week. I don't think that happens again. I really like this spot for the wide receivers for the Jets just because of their price tags. Do you have any interest in Frank? I'm not playing Frank Gore. <laughs> Listen, I have to ask, like the Vegas run defense is that bad that we at least need to bring it up, I He's think. So oh. cheap. I know, like, like I think on FanDuel or like Yahoo, you can make an argument for playing Frank Gore. You can always make an argument for taking ten to fifteen points for four point four K guy. It just makes me want to vomit a little bit. Have to get that touchdown. Like you have to get a touchdown. If Frank Gore does not score a touchdown, he is not going to get there. And like the the Raiders run defense is so bad. Like Vegas run defense is so bad. Um, like you have two bad lines, like a bad offensive line and a bad defensive line. It's just like it's it's possible. It can happen. Um, but I, I, I think that you know you could potentially look at playing Frank Gore and it makes me it makes me woozy to even think about it, Grant. Um, another game that I like this week, the Colts and the Texans 51 total Colts favored by three and a half in this game. Um, we're waiting on Jonathan Taylor news. I think that news is going to be big. Um, you know, especially when you're looking at the matchup, because if Taylor's out, like we just go right back to the Naheem Hines train here, right? Grant, like he, you just play him again. Uh, I prefer Wilkins. Like, Either one. Uh, like, that's fine, too. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is, last week they were trailing pretty much the entire game. Like, Wilkins is going to be more heavily involved if they are ahead. And, yes, they're only a four-point favorite, but this is an indie team that just never really seems to do exactly what you think they're going to do. But, like, I prefer Wilkins. Wilkins is 1,100 cheaper. Everyone's going to be on Hines over Wilkins and – He's more dependent on that pass game work. I mean, he got there last week because of the 10 targets, whereas Wilkins only had four targets and only six rush attempts because they need Hines in there because they had to pass the ball. They were down a lot. So I really like Wilkins in the spot here. If Taylor ends up missing, I think that he's a fantastic GPP play. I don't mind Hines, but if I'm playing Hines, I'm almost certainly uh, assuming that Houston's going to be up so that they scored a decent amount of points. So I'm probably playing a decent amount of cooks with them. Like you have to bring it back with cooks, but Wilkins, you can play just a standalone, like assuming that they are ahead and Wilkins gets a decent amount of work, but yeah, it's, and I'm 
I'm willing to go right back to Pittman. Like Pittman had nine targets in the last game. He didn't do anything with him. But Houston is not a great defense. Bottom of the pack in terms of pass and run DVOA. Like Pittman just had a tough job. Hilton finally had a decent game, but I'm not playing him. He still didn't have that many targets. Pittman with nine targets last week, eight targets two weeks ago. He's still getting there for the most part. He didn't last week because he just couldn't catch anything, but he's going to see the volume. And I don't think many people are going to play him after what happened last week. Yeah, I don't hate taking a shot on Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, Trey Burton, um, any of these guys. I, I think they're in play. I almost think that Philip Rivers is in play. Um, and, and like he it's it's really borderline. It's gonna it's gonna definitely be determined on like how some news plays out this week. But you gotta think like Russell Wilson's on the slate still. Um, so like he has the upside to break the slate, but like Patrick Mahomes is on the slate, Josh Allen's not on the slate, Lamar Jackson's not on the slate. Um, so like some of these rushing like quarterbacks that like give you that rushing upside, not necessarily um, on the slate. So I think Phillip rivers is a little interesting um, against this Houston defense. They're just not good. Um, but again, again, it's just more of like, I don't know in that price range. There's, there's three or four guys like you could pay down to Baker Mayfield at 5.3 K against Tennessee. So it's tough. Um, on the Houston side of things, we do have Deshaun Watson on the other side. Um, and he is someone that can break defenses. Indy defense started the season. Fantastic. Um, they, I think they were playing a little over their heads. Uh, they've had some injuries that have kind of knocked them down a little bit as well, but it's hard not to like Houston here, but you know, we have to remember Will Fuller's out. So it's cooks, it's Cootie. Um, it could be Coulter. It could be Steven Mitchell, Jordan Akins could see a, a tick here. Um, what do you like here for Houston? Yeah, you got to love this Houston passing attack. Without Fuller in there, yes, it does take a bit of a downgrade, but that's mostly just affecting Watson. Cooks, Coutier should see a massive uptick in terms of um, receiving work. Akins and Fells, like, they're probably going to run more two tight end sets. And, like, Akins obviously just dropped everything and ruined people's day the other day. But still a guy with a bit of upside, some touchdown upside, if he can actually catch the ball. But Cooks and Coutier are fantastic double stack options. Cooks is way too cheap at 5.6K. Probably going to be one of the chalkiest players on the slate, considering he should get an uptick in usage. He's been fantastic this season. That price tag is just way too low. Even going up against an NDD that has been all right versus the pass, has not been the same in terms of pass defense recently. And I, I, I just... I, like you're getting the most upside out of Watson on the slate of pretty much any quarterback outside of maybe Russell Wilson. You've summed it up perfectly. Like Watson to cooks is going to be the chalkiest stack of the slate. And rightfully so just because of the amount of volumes cook should see. And because of Watson's upside. Yeah. Like, I don't know who else to really add. Like, I don't know if this is a Duke Johnson spot. Like if you end up on Duke Johnson, I don't hate it. His price increase scares me a little bit. Like the, the Colts run defense has been struggling a little bit more um, against the run here recently. Duke Johnson's going to run a ton of routes. Um, so like there, there's the upside in that. It just really kind of comes down to how you think this game is going to play. If you think, if you think Indy is going to be up in this game, 
then you can take shots on Duke, you know, more on DraftKings where you get the full point for catches. So uh, Cleveland and Tennessee, 54 total, highest total on the slate. Um, Tennessee favored by five and a half in this game. Um, let's talk the Cleveland side of things. Cleveland loves to run the football. Tennessee has struggled to, to stop the run, but their pass defense is not much better. Um, is this a week that we potentially look at like a Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry combo? I think so. I mean, I think it was, uh, I think it was the OG podcast. They were talking about it a little bit. Um, but this is the, like, that was the first game where they didn't really have to deal with wind. So they've been playing in a bunch of wind games since OBJ went out and like, they finally got a decent matchup, which this week is another good matchup. And Landry just went off. I think a lot of it kind of depends on what the game script is. I think Landry is a great guy to pair up with Henry because they're probably going to have to be slinging the ball. But Landry, he's mostly a lower ADOT guy, but it's been a little bit different since he got over to Cleveland. I think that he's going to get a ton of targets in this matchup. I'm just worried about his ownership. Do you think people are going to play him a lot after that massive outing? I think they might in this matchup. I mean, they might. His price, uh, I think his price keeps people off of him. Uh, 6.2K. Julio is like 6.6, like just to compare like in that price range. So I think overall um, the price would be the thing that keeps Landry's ownership down here. Well, in any case, I I don't know if I'll play much Baker just because I don't think he's going to throw the ball enough to really get there. But uh, I will play Landry and... I, I, I don't mind the running back situation. Yes, Tennessee's been better versus the rush than they have versus the pass, but Cleveland's going to run the ball a lot. Chubb had a good outing last week. Hunt did not, and I know he hasn't been great in the last few weeks, but still getting a decent amount of volume. Had 10 rushing attempts in the last game, two targets. It was mostly they are going to run the ball more with Chubb because they are were up in the last game. This game, they're likely to be down. So I think it's more of a hunt game. His price dropped down to 5.4K. I think that's too cheap. I like Hunt. I like Landry in this spot. And it's an easy bring back with, with Henry. Henry Brown, Davis, um, Jonu Smith. Like, there's plenty of options to run it back here. Um, it's December. And it's December. As our good buddy um, Soccer Dave likes to say, it's time to play Derrick Henry. Um, listen, the Cleveland run defense has been decent here um, recently, but overall in the season, they haven't been great. I-, I think you continue to pound the rock with Derrick Henry here. Yeah, so a lot of people are going to look at the Cleveland run defense over the last four weeks and see what they've done. But again, I already mentioned it, win games. When you know that people can't sling the ball downfield because there's 30 mile per hour sustained winds and 50 mile per hour gusts, they're going to run the ball and you can just load up the box. So the run defense has looked pretty good in recent weeks. They haven't given up a ton of points to opposing running backs, even though the volume has been there more, they've been really slow or low scoring games, a lot of punting, a lot of three and outs. So the run defense has looked better, but overall in the season, it's still not a great run defense. And Derrick Henry is an absolute beast. Like, it's Dehember. We see it every single year. He's gotten the massive workload each of the last two weeks. I mean, the guy's getting right there to 30 rushing attempts 
every single game. It's going to continue. They're going to just run the ball with him over and over again. So, yeah, I absolutely love Derrick Henry. I don't mind A.J. Brown. I think if you're playing A.J. Brown or you're playing Corey Davis, you bring it back with Nick Chubb, who shouldn't be that heavily owned. But if Cleveland's up in this game, they're probably running the ball a decent amount with Chubb. And so it makes a nice little correlation play stacking Brown or Davis with Chubb. So I, 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 I am going to go drastically towards the Derrick Henry side just because nothing about it makes sense, but I don't care. It's Dehember. He's going to get tons of work. Just play Derrick Henry and hope he doesn't, doesn't have a bad outing. Yeah, and like his price, if he does not score some touchdowns, um, like multiple touchdowns, like you're in trouble. It's just like Dalvin Cook's price at 9,500. Like these guys need multiple touchdowns. Um, Cause like Robinson has the workload of like these other guys and he is $2,000 cheaper. So like it, it's just kind of pointing that out. Um, you know, just looking through like some of these guys price-wise uh, there are some cheaper options that have workload that could potentially get there um so uh we got the the lions and the bears 44 total here chicago favored by three in this game um lions cleaned house as far as the coaching staff goes um any interest here in detroit swift that's if he ends up playing if not I don't really want to touch this running game. I don't want to touch this passing game going up against Chicago. They don't have, they only have a 20 implied team total. Detroit is a dumpster fire. Maybe with them cleaning house, something changes. They've had 10 days to prepare. There's always that new coach narrative, but it's just not a good matchup. Like Chicago's a good defense. They're number four overall in DVOA. Good against the rush, good against the pass. Swift would be the only thing that I would think about just because they might end up using him a lot more because why the heck were they giving AP so much work anyways? And then Swift finally got a full workload. He had a fantastic outing. They can bring him all over the place in the receiving game. So maybe they end up doing that again. So it, it's Swift for me, and that's, that's really it just because I don't want to tr- t- uh, touch this horrible offense against a good defense. I don't hate taking a shot on like Marvin Jones if Galladay's out. I I I highly doubt Galladay plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I highly doubt he plays. So taking a shot on like Marvin Jones as just the volume for Marvin Jones, I don't hate it. But overall, probably gonna stay away. Hawkinson's super interesting. Chicago, the one thing they have struggled with this season is tight ends. Um, so if you want to play Hawkinson, this is a team that's allowed the second most fantasy points um, to tight ends this season. So. You know, I think that Hawkinson is in play. Um, Chicago side, it's hard not to love David Montgomery, but it's so hard to love David Montgomery because it's Chicago and the Bears. And assuming it's Trubisky, like Montgomery's in a great spot and he's 5,500. He didn't get a price increase because the Packers game was on Monday. This is a great spot to play David Montgomery. It's just it's it's the Chicago Bears, man. Like it's so hard, Grant, to love someone that plays for the Chicago Bears. I love Allen Robinson. 
Six That's fine seven. too. I get it. I just like the Detroit secondary is banged up a little bit. Like Allen Robinson, especially with Trubisky, the mount or helm is going to get targeted tons. Like Detroit's not a good defense at all. Like they're not a good pass defense, and again, they've got some injuries. I love Allen Robinson in the spot, and I don't think he's going to get a ton of ownership. I think he gets 15 targets. I think he has two touchdown upside. He has 100 yard upside. Like I love Allen Robinson in this spot. He's he's the guy I will go with. I'm fine with David Montgomery. I just hate it every time I roster him. It could go well. It could go terribly. He could be entirely mediocre. I I don't know what to, I, I I never get Montgomery right. So I I'm not even going to weigh in on it. Just do whatever you want with him. But I love Allen Robinson in the spot. Yeah, I get it. I man, it's hard not to like Montgomery here. Um... I, I do like the Allen Robinson call. He's going to get a ton of targets. Um, Trubisky loves to target this guy. That's it for this one. Let's let's not over overthink this Chicago. The Chicago defense is in play as well. Um, you can go Montgomery Chicago defense if you want to correlate that way. Uh, Rams and Cardinals, 48 and a half total here. Rams favored by three. Um, Rams site neutral wise, they're a pretty fast paced team. We know Arizona is a fast paced team. I expect this game to be the fastest paced game on the slate. Uh, what do you like here for the Rams? Cooper Cup. I'm not. I'm not touching the Rams running game as has been what I've done pretty much the entire season outside of one week where Henderson destroyed all of us. I've learned my lesson. Um, but Cooper Cup, I love here. Like you're not going to get much more upside than Cooper Cup. It's a fast paced game. It's not a bad defensive matchup here the rams have been decent uh, good versus the pass but those short intermediate passes i don't think they've been that great they're mostly just good or the cardinals they're mostly just good at like kind of letting guys dig into them a little bit um but cooper cup is we've seen 13 and 21 targets in two of the last four games the other two was a weird game versus Seattle where they were up and they had to just run the ball. The other one was versus San Francisco, who's a better than they seem defense. Like Cooper Cup's an outstanding play here. And he's really the only thing I want in this matchup just because it's going to be such a high paced game. There's going to be volume there. There's a decent chance that the Cardinals are leading. Like Cooper Cup is the one guy I really want from this game. I, I think you can look at Robert Woods too. Um, both of these guys, I, I think the Rams are back to that. We're going to throw the ball a lot type of mentality. Like Jared Goff, um, 36 attempts per game this season. He threw 51 times in week 11. So if they get behind a little in this game, like Woods and Cup should crush. Um, Reynolds, if you want to be different. He's in play, but like the passing game, don't play the running game. Like it's just look at last week, for example, 34% to Henderson Brown, 42% acres touchdown, 27% snaps. Like just don't play these guys. Um, unless you like, like seven fantasy points, then you can play those guys. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals side of things here. Christian Kirk continues to disappoint me. But I'm going to continue to play Christian Kirk because I know his upside. I think if you want safety, you go DeAndre Hopkins. But Kyler Murray is in a great spot here, too. Like, his rushing ability gives him upside. The Rams' defense on paper is really good. So, like, 
yes, sign me up for a tough matchup for Kyler Murray in this Arizona offense because they'll be lower owned because of it. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm so worried that there's something wrong with him. Like last two weeks, he just has not looked right. And I get it was a matchup versus the Patriots, like Belichick can scheme against any quarterback, but I, I don't know, like, yeah, I'm never going to argue with Kyler Murray. I'm just worried about things. I'm probably staying away a bit. The Rams have allowed the least passing touchdowns in the league. I still think that's true. And they're fourth in pass DVOA. Like, it, it's just – it's it's tough. It, it's tough of me to pull the trigger after what's happened the last few weeks. I'm sure I'll have a few shares. I'm fine with Hopkins. I'm fine with Kirk. But it's mostly just taking a shot on Murray in tournaments, hoping that he ends up with a 100-yard rushing game here. And that, that's really all I, all I want. I get it. Um, like, ah, man, like Hopkins, his upside is so high too. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough not to like some of these pass catchers. The problem with this one for me, Grant, is like I like the Rams side a lot in this game. So, like, I like Cup. I like Woods. I, I want some runbacks, and I think Hopkins and Kirk are interesting. Maybe Kyler doesn't make the cut. Fine. But secondary sacks are still a thing. Um, so I don't mind potentially looking at some of these secondary guys. Um, Giants and Seahawks, 48 total. Seattle favored by 10, one of the highest implied totals. Um, Daniel Jones, very questionable to play. If he doesn't play, it'd be Colt McCoy. Um, is there anything that you like here for the Giants? Gallman. Gallman has been fantastic. For some reason, he has a rushing touchdown. What five straight games, six straight games, whatever it is, it's it doesn't make sense to me. But he's getting all the work here. They might rely more on him now that Colt McCoy is going to be the star. Although I don't think he's actually a downgrade to Daniel Jones. Um, but yeah, he's getting twenty attempts a game. He's getting massive touchdown equity. Seattle defense is not great versus anything although they have been drastically better in recent weeks with the addition of Dunbar with the addition of Adams back into the fold like their past defense hasn't been bad in recent weeks so like it's just Gallman for me is really the only guy that I want a piece of I mean I'm not going to argue with Ingram you can play whichever one wide receiver you really want to but it, it's Gallman it's <laughs> pretty much it yeah, like Shepard, I think, is in play. I think Golden Tate's in play. Like, we're going to have some Russell Wilson, Metcalf, um, Lockett teams. So, like, running it back with Slayton or Tate or Ingram, you know, you mentioned Gallman. Like, any of these guys, like, it's, it's the Seattle pass defense, man. They're, they're 29th in DVOA this season. Uh, their run defense has been a little bit better, but – like they're allowing the most fantasy points to wide receivers and quarterbacks this season. And like, as much as they throw in stuff, like it's hard not to like some of these giants pieces, even if it is Colt McCoy at quarterback, they've been running um, the ball a lot more, which is leading to less high scoring games. And they like their past defense has been a lot better. I, I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan. Maybe this is biased, but like they've like, they held Kyler, to not that big of an outing. They held Wentz to not okay, a great Wentz outing. stinks. Yes, Wentz stinks. <laughs> like, let's just let's be honest. Wentz is not playing really good right now. But they were putting like a ton of pressure on him. Wentz, yes, it's terrible. But 
Like they've been better these last few weeks. They weren't able to get a pass rush at all earlier on in the season. And then in recent weeks with the addition of Dunbar, like that makes a huge difference. And Adams wasn't there for a lot of the beginning of the season. Now he's back and he's a guy that can blitz that can do a whole bunch of things and helps out the secondary a lot. Like, their pass defense isn't nearly as bad as they once were. Yes, they are by far number one on the season and giving up points to opposing wide receivers and quarterbacks. But most of that's from the beginning of the season. If you look at the last four weeks, they're number six in fantasy points given to quarterbacks, number 12 in terms of wide receivers. Tight ends have actually done pretty well against them. So they'll be more apt to target Ingram. But like they, they, this isn't the same pass defense that we saw earlier on the season, which – a lot of that, too, was more a result of the matchup going up against Atlanta. Patriots was terrible, but Dallas, like, they've had a few matchups that are going to be high scoring regardless because of pace. So I think a lot of these numbers are skewed. If the Giants aren't going to be high-owned, yeah, go ahead and play them. But if they are actually going to draw some ownership, I don't think it's worth it. Let's talk about the Seahawks side of things. Um, hey, DK Metcalf is really good at football. Um, Chris Carson's back. They, like you said, they they do want to run the ball a little bit more. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Seattle? I'm mostly fading, honestly. Um, they do have a 29 implied total, so I won't full-on fade. Russ can obviously put up a huge game anytime, but averaging 215 yards passing, the last two games, one of which was against the second highest paced team in the league against LA didn't have a ton. Like it's been four weeks since he's actually had a decent outing. Russ is going to draw some ownership because of the total, but I don't think it's really worth it. Like DK Metcalf, I'll play him anytime, anywhere for any reason. The guy is just a beast and realistically had 27 points in the last game. He should have had 35 points, 36 points, because he dropped an easy touchdown pass. Like, DK Metcalf is in play. Lockett's always in play just because he has a potential for a huge game. But I, I really don't have a ton of interest in Seahawks this week, and I think they're going to garner a ton of ownership, and I don't think it's worth it. Um, Yeah, I, I think Metcalf, Lockett, Wilson Carson, like very condensed offense. Those are the four guys that I want to play here. Uh, moving on, we got the Patriots and the Chargers. 47 total Charger favored by one in this game. I kind of, you know, threw a cliffhanger out there, Grant, um, because when you're looking at this slate, you love taking running backs against the Chargers. Um, you know, they're 31st in DVOA this season, but like, I, I played a lot of James White last week. I could definitely see going back to him, but like Damian Harris, they they ran two running backs last week. It was the first time all year I can remember that like it wasn't like three guys involved. If they're gonna give Damian Harris like 15 carries and, and like potential for the upside that he has, like in this matchup, like this might be a week that we have to even look at Harris, but I, I still think it's it's Newton, it's White, it's Myers. Um, you can even throw Bird in there. Like, I, I like the Patriots here because I love the Chargers side of this game. White was such an interesting scenario last week. Yes, he got two touchdowns, but he had five carries and one reception. Like, Chargers' run defense is terrible. I think it's going to be more of a Harris game. 
Like Belichick just always screws me over every single week. I, I, I'm more apt to go with Cam Newton. Cam Newton's in at 5.8K. Like the Chargers are bad rush defense, but they're also not a good pass defense. They've given up 30 points, I think, what, six of the last eight games. I know that Cam Newton is not good, but he can occasionally have one of those massive outings versus a bad defense, and I think that that's – what this is right here. Um, it's being played in a dome. Like Cam Newton's had multiple 300 yard passing games this year. And it's been against bad defenses that give up a lot of points. Houston and Seattle. I think that this is a spot where he's going to go off for a big game. I think he has rushing, rushing upside. I don't really want to go with Harris. Cause I think that's where a lot of people are going to go. So I'm going to go with Cam Newton pair up with bird Myers or Harry, like, I think one of them goes off for a pretty big game here. I don't hate it. Um, I really don't. Because I love, uh, like I said, I love the Chargers side of this game. I think this is a great spot for the Chargers. The New England defense stinks. I don't care what anybody says. I'll argue it against anybody. This defense stinks. This is a spot. You can play Eckler with Herbert. You can play Herbert and Allen. I think people might overreact too much um, with – the game that Allen had last week, but like, he's still the guy Hunter Henry had 10 targets last week, like plenty of options here when it comes to the chargers. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely like Patriots are such an interesting defense because they're horrible, but occasionally we can see what happens like with the, uh, with the Cardinals last week, they can shut down opposing offenses occasionally, but I like Herbert here. I like Henry. I like Allen. I like Eckler. Bill's going to probably shut down one of these guys, but there's enough options where I don't think it's the worst idea. If you're not playing Keenan Allen, throw in Mike Williams. Like Mike Williams is still an absolute athletic beast and he can get two touchdowns. He can get a hundred yards like Henry Allen Eckler and Mike Williams are all fantastic plays. And even Guyton can end up with a long bomb occasionally, and he's super cheap at 3.1K. Like, if Bill shuts down Keenan Allen, Herbert can still go for 350, 400 passing yards in this spot. So I'm, I'm going to stack this Chargers side up all over the place. Go for it, buddy. Um, I'm right there with you. Like I said, I really like the Chargers in this spot. We finished it out with the Eagles and the Packers, 47 total Green Bay favored by nine. Is there anything on this Eagles side that you trust with Carson Wentz at quarterback or even like Hurts at quarterback? I mean, it's real tough to trust anyone, but Miles Sanders, but like Boston Scott got a lot of work last week. I don't understand anything here. Like I'll, I'll take a shot on Sanders, hoping they ends up with a decent workload. But I'm not I'm not trusting anything outside of maybe Goddard. Um, like he he still got ten targets last week. He's got six the week before that, six the week before that. Like he's getting steady volume. He's priced at four point three k. It's tight end like scarcity. So it's really just Goddard and Sanders for me because this is just a full on dumpster fire. Yeah, like. Sanders is fine. Goddard is fine if Ertz doesn't come back. Um, like, I don't know. I, I think in general in this one, uh, like, I don't mind some Sanders because, like, the Packers run defense isn't the best. 
but overall, I'm probably going to stay away. Um, I like the Packers defense. I like Aaron Jones. I think it's an interesting like combo this week. Um, you can always play Devonte Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers. Like it, it's just one of those games where on paper, I don't love this one. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly Adams to me. Yes. Aaron Jones can get there, but like if he's going to come in at low ownership, you play Aaron Jones, but he, people started playing him so much because he went off to that fast start to the season. And then, just hasn't really done a ton since then. Yes, he was injured for a little bit, but Jamal Williams is still in this backfield, still getting a decent amount of work. It's it's. I'm going to check out ownership. If Aaron Jones is going to come in at low single digits, I'll play him. Like, I'll absolutely play him. But if he's going to draw some ownership, I don't really have a desire to play him. It's mostly abs for me. Every single week, he's getting around 10 targets, 12 targets. He's getting a touchdown every week. He's got massive upside in any given matchup here. So... I, I, it's Adams for me. I don't mind throwing in Rogers there with him just because Rogers can still go off for a huge outing at any given time. And he hasn't had less than what? 23 fantasy points in seven weeks. He's priced under seven K like it's Adams and it's Rogers for me. That's it on this one. I don't see anything else. Um, like if you're playing green Bay, you know, the pieces to play from green Bay. Like it's as simple as that. Um, Let's play the morning grind game, and then uh, we'll get out of here for this week. Um, looking at quarterback, give me a quarterback that's going to throw for 300-plus yards this week. I'm going to go super off the board here and say Cam Newton. For 300, I like it. I'm not going to go too far off the board, but I'm going to go Derek Carr. Uh, give me a low on running back for a touchdown. Uh, it's a little tough with ownership not being out. It's And my computer is not really cooperating. There we go. Now it's loaded up. Um, I'm going to go with Wilkins. Wilkins. All right. It's your boy. You, you better hope Taylor doesn't play. Yeah. Um. Man, do you think David Montgomery is going to be chalk? I don't think so. I'll say Montgomery. I don't know if he's going to be chalk or not, but like I said, he's one of my favorite plays this week, so we'll see. Um, what about the a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown? I'm going with Aguilar. Are you taking my guy? Um, yeah, sorry. No, I meant like I took Carr a minute ago. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Quarterback wide receiver touchdown. Give me. Give me Jared Goff and Robert Woods. Uh, wide receiver for eight-plus targets this week. Go on the other side and go in cup. I like it. Never can go wrong. I'm going to go with a guy under under 4K. I'm going to go Bashard Perryman for eight-plus targets this week. Uh, give me a tight end that scores a touchdown this week, Grant. Oh, that's a, I'm going trying to find a lower... Okay. You know what? Going a little bit off the board. Will Disley. All right. I like it. Um this guy burned me last week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the well on Johnu Smith. Um defense to score more than ten points. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. All right, I like it. I always try to find like a, a really cheap defense um 
Oh, there's like defense is tough this week. Um, give me the Chicago Bears. Chicago. Uh, any final thoughts? The Bears. Uh, no, just if you're listening to this podcast, realize that a lot of they shut down practice Monday and Tuesday, so a lot of news we probably don't have right now. So. Watch watch Grinders Live on Sunday and get a little bit more accurate news. But yeah, yeah, just yeah. You know, and the Steelers Ravens game is officially a go. Gosh, I'm excited for Wednesday afternoon football. And Jonathan Taylor just got um, reinstated, so that <laughs> that changes that changes a little bit. Like it hurts Hines for sure. Um, it, hurt, it takes Wilkins off the. It takes board. Wilkins off the board for sure. So, do you have any thoughts on Taylor? Assuming that he's a good to go, like he's. I'm probably staying away from the Colts running game. I'm probably staying away from the Colts outside of Pittman and Burton. Man, I I probably have some Jonathan Taylor uh, up against Houston, fifty seven hundred. Like, I just hate playing Jonathan Taylor. I know, but like, it's Houston, man. Like anybody can go off against Houston. I don't know. Bottom bottom run defense, like it, I, I think Taylor's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't think he's that great. I don't trust any Colts running back. I'm more, I'm, I'm also a little bit more interested to kind of look at like um, Fanduel really quick just to see. Um, yeah, I'd be more apt to play him on Fanduel. I was trying to pull up. Oh, I had single game full roster Sunday. Last week of the single entry series on FanDuel as well for Roto Grinders. Um, so last week we could get that nice $100 single entry tournament uh, that we've been playing. He is 6400 on FanDuel. I really like Jonathan Taylor on FanDuel. I think him and Montgomery make for some really good um, mid range options if you're not getting Dalvin and Henry there. So. That's going to wrap it up here for week 13. Grant, always fun, my friend. Uh, We'll be back next week talking some more football. Good luck in your contest, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hey, kids.